Hi, and welcome to episode three of Life. Today, I have with me a very special guest, Carolyn Granger. She is my grandma, and it took me about two weeks of asking her every day if she would like to be on the podcast. And her initial response was no, absolutely not. But now here she is. So I eventually got her to say yes. But um, I'm really excited for this conversation because she has so much wisdom to give. And so she has lived such a full life. And she's like, well, I, like, I don't have an interesting life, but she does. And so you're going to hear all about it. And um, if you're listening to this episode, you probably listened to the first episode, which was with my brother, Briar. And after we recorded it, we were just chatting and he said, there's one person you have to have on the podcast. And I'm like, who? And he's like, grandma, you have to get grandma on the podcast. I'm like, you're right. I do. And so here she is. Everybody's wish is coming true. Um, So without further ado, here is my conversation with my grandma. Okay, welcome to the podcast, Grandma. Say hello to the people. Hello, everyone. Briar, you're in big trouble. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, and so I want to start off with your your joke because I'll give a little backstory. Our cousin, my cousin Clayton, he always tells my grandma like if she asks him to do something, he's like, "You have to tell me a joke first. And so this is her go-to joke, and it is hilarious. So go ahead. What's your joke? How do you make holy water? I don't know. How? You boil the hell out of it. (laughs) It never gets old. Okay. And so let's start with, um, I know, like, your background in your childhood, and you grew up without your dad in the picture, And you grew up like with your grandparents. And that's something I didn't really know until my mom and I were talking about it. And she's like, oh, she spent so much time with her grandma. And I was like, no way. That is so interesting. So like, what was your grandma like? Like describe just her personality and um, what was she like? They lived on a farm. So she was a housewife. Uh, Grandpa worked as a farmer and also he like had dairy cows, four or five of them, not many, because he worked alone, had them in his barn, uh-huh. and um, that's how they made money. So did you milk cows? No, I did not, but mostly I lived on the farm with them, and we were outside a lot, and they were always there for me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Did you, um, was she a good cook if she, you know, he farmed and she was a housewife? Like, Very good cook. So do you think that's where you get it from? Absolutely not. <laughs> I was too young to even think about it, but yeah, she was a good cook, good wife. That's cool. Good grandma. That's cool. And when me and my mom were talking about it, I was like, I wonder if you growing up with her, like, has influenced the type of grandma you are. Do you think, like... Do you think it has? I think kind of. Uh, she also went to church faithfully. Really? Yes. And I was always with her. I remember that part. That's cool. That's Even really cool. when I was little. Yeah. That's really cool. Wow. That's awesome. And so you said that they, they had a good marriage. Like, do you think they were an example to you? You know, since you didn't see that from your own parents, do you think they were an example to you what a marriage should look like? I think so. Not 
not knowing that at the time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I do think so. That's cool. Um, And speaking of marriage, one thing my mom wanted me to ask you about was um, longevity in marriage. And so before we get into that topic, something that I've asked you before is when you're looking for a spouse, what's one trait that you think is most important? Well, I've thought about that today, and there's two traits. Oh. You want him to be kind mm-hmm. and considerate to you and be a good kisser. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> You're going to be kissing this man the rest of your life. That is so funny. That's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> that is hilarious. I love it. Because I was thinking, you've told me before, kindness. You haven't told me the kissing part, but you've told me kindness. And I think that that's cool because it's something that um, doesn't fade with time. And when you think about marriage, it's like, you know, some of the traits that I think people are attracted to, like, fade with time, like appearance and things like that. Right. But it's cool that kindness doesn't, and neither does their kissing ability. No, you gotta have (laughs) a good kisser. That gets you, that grabs you. Oh my gosh. Okay, so how did you meet Grandpa? This is my favorite. Well, he had come home from the service. He had been in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. So now he's home in Bentley. And evidently he doesn't like to cook because he came to the restaurant where I worked. Which was, at the time? Smith's Cafe. Okay, Smith's Cafe. Yes. So that's where I was working. I worked there every night after school. I started there when I was 15. I always liked my money. I want money. (laughs) And so you were, when you were working there and you met him, how old were you? 17. 17. So you were 18 when you had my mom. Yes. Okay. So you were 17 and he was? He's six years older than I am. So 23. Yeah. 23. 23, a soldier coming back from the war. Yeah. Hungry. <laughs> and so you you met at the cafe and like, how did, you know, the love uh, story he, start? He probably came in several times in, in two weeks. And then uh, it was after that, he probably just asked me if I wanted to ride around after I got off. <laughs> And we did. (laughs) And this was like, wasn't it like summer-ish when you guys met? it was summer. And so going, you know. Because we were married that November. Right. So we probably met probably March, around March. And I want to know, what's your advice to young people? Because you've told me before that that summer was so fun. And I want to know, like, what's your advice to young people who... You know, just regarding fun. Well, it's kind of (laughs) hard. I mean, nowadays, fun is a lot different. (laughs) You know, they they do things we probably wouldn't ever dream of doing. But what did you tell me? You've told me before, have fun, but set something about like setting boundaries (laughs) and don't go to jail. Don't get caught. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. And so you have the summer with grandpa. You get married in November. And you're 17, turning 18, and he's 23. I'm a senior in high school. Mm -hmm. We got married in November. Mm -hmm. 
kept going to school because he would make me go. I did not want to go. Had your mother in May uh-huh. and graduated the end of May. Got that diploma. Got that diploma. Thanks to Grandpa. Thank you, Larry. <laughs> um, and so kind of going back to the original, you know, topic here, longevity in marriage. What do you think you need for longevity in marriage or to last in a marriage? Oh, you just, I mean, if you love a person, you endure. Mm, that's good. You endure whatever comes about. Mm-hmm. And talk about early marriage. And so um, you guys get married and you've told me the story before of going grocery shopping. So tell us that story. Yes, this was my first time. I mean, mother always did the grocery shopping. You know, I did probably never went to a grocery (laughs) store in my life. Here I am married and I'm in the grocery store with my husband and he's buying all the groceries. I'm just kind of tagging along like his little child. Because I do not know what really what he likes to eat or how are how are you going to cook it? <laughs> so that was weird for me because I'm young. I'm 17. <laughs> I When you tell me that story and I know how you cook now, I always think, I bet she bought so much butter. And I bet she just put butter in everything. <laughs> we did not buy butter. It was too expensive. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. And so speaking of that. You, you're living out in Bentley, and what are your living conditions? <laughs> well, we had no running water. We had an outhouse. And if you had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, didn't you use a little bucket? Yeah, you put it in a closet so people wouldn't see it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm picturing like Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> it kind of was like that. So, you know, I, I was really in love. <laughs> so funny and dishes talk about doing dishes dishes you had to heat water i mean we had a well we had a pump right outside the back door had to heat water to do dishes maybe that's why i don't like dishes (laughs) but now you have running water and you still don't like doing dishes brianna stop (laughs) it's like a running joke in our family that she never does her dishes she hates doing dishes she'll hide them in like the oven and because she doesn't want to do them i like housework but i don't do dishes she likes to mow i do like to mow i like a nice yard (laughs) so what's your advice for we kind of hit on longevity in marriage and you know love endures but what's your advice for hard times or rough patches in marriage oh boy because they're inevitable everybody i feel like who's married experiences that at different points and it so it probably depends on both parties mm-hmm. wonder if, like i i came to town after a, three or four years mm-hmm. i was ready to have running water <laughs> so i came to town to live he could have said okay see ya mm-hmm. but it, i think the two of you have to be in love it can't be one-sided yeah and like work together and he was ready to come in and do whatever I wanted. <laughs> that's the key. And that's it. the key. It doesn't always work. <laughs> um, and then, you know, on the flip side of that, hard, there's hard times and rough patches. But how did you keep the joy and the fun in marriage? 
You just have to go out every once in a while, pick some good friends. Uh -huh. We had a good group. We always went out and had a good time. We were uh, uh, like him and his brother. We were in stock car races. We would go to those. We were in demo derbies. We would go to those. And if the car was still running, they let me drive in the powder puff. <laughs> so, you know, it was just fun for everybody. That is so funny. How did you do? I did pretty good because <laughs> I'm a crazy driver. <laughs> Now flash forward. In I your... even made some money once. Dang. Yeah, I had to give it to Donnie Hoeing. It was his car. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my gosh. And now flash forward. You're a crazy driver and a post office. It worker. helps with this job. You swerve and hit the mailboxes. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys did stock car races. You also, didn't you camp a lot, too? We camped out. We went fishing a lot. We had a cabin on the river for a short time with Donnie Hoeing and his wife. Always had a group come down on weekends and we just had good times. Fun together. And then a place where you could still have your family yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. That's something you were telling me about last night is that you guys played softball a lot. You were like in a lot of softball leagues. We did softball. Uh, he was my coach at one, one <laughs> summer. That was different. <laughs> But we endured. <laughs> that's so funny. But you were saying like that's something that you could bring your kids to. Yeah. And even to the ballpark. Yeah. I think that's cool. And like when I look at our family now, I feel like you instilled those roots of like valuing family in all of us. And it probably started as young as you were growing up with your grandma. But then also even as like, you know, new parents, you guys were taking your kids with you and doing things which is cool. Yeah. Grandma and grandpa always took me wherever they went. Uh -huh. Yeah. Even like, like on Saturday night, they would go to Quincy and they had, they had just an old fashioned truck, mm -hmm. which I would have to sit in the middle or just the bench seat. Mm -hmm. Grandpa would like to play poker at VFW and then grandma would play bingo. Uh -huh. It was in the same room uh -huh. or the same building. So what did you do? Uh, us kids would just run around. And play. Little kids. I was uh, like, were you playing bingo? No, <laughs> not at that age. But, I, you know, they even brought you yeah. with them. Mm -hmm. That's cool. To make sure you were taken care of. That's cool. Okay. And so moving into, you had three kids. And what what's something you learned as a young mom? Because mm. you were 17 when you became a mom. Yes. 18. You were 18. 18. It was very exciting, but scary because mm -hmm. I had no experience. I mean, I did the best I could. <laughs> well, she turned out all right. She is awesome. I couldn't ask for a better daughter. <laughs> That's cool. And so you, you know, become a mom at 18. And before that, did you, I think some girls like grow up and they're like, I can't wait to be a mom. I can't wait to have kids. Was that you? Were you like that? No, it was a little <laughs> surprise, but it was a nice surprise. And once you were in it, did it come naturally like being a mom? Yeah. Yeah. Was it hard to be a mom at, you know, 18 as far as like, were some of your friends still doing fun things? Like, did you miss out on anything like that? That was hard as I was like, I get pregnant. Probably that's the summer. <laughs> 
And like, so like your senior year, you're pregnant. Yeah. Uh, they did a lot of things. Yeah, that was hard missing out, mm-hmm. but you just have to miss out. Yeah. I mean, this is your deal. <laughs> this is your kid. <laughs> um, and so what um, changed from, you know, you're a mom, but now you're my grandma. And so what changed from being a mom to being a grandma? Like, what are some of the perks? Well, all of my grandchildren are awesome. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And they're always they're all fun. You're so much fun to be around. You keep me young. We get it from you. Well, where you you have to be strict with your kids. <laughs> a little bit more strict. And I am not strict at all with my grandchildren. <laughs> Whatever they want, I want them to have it. We know that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was just thinking about how your mom had a golf cart like that she had in her old, <laughs> you're already laughing. She had a golf cart that um, she had like in her older years, right? And it, it didn't have a hood on it. It was like kind of a janky golf cart. But when she passed away, somehow this golf cart ended up here at my grandma's. And so um, <laughs> we, like us grandkids, you know, are probably like, I mean, probably between like eight, like, like seven to 10, yeah. seven to 11. Yeah. hopefully not older than that geez but anyway we like would drive this golf cart around so my uncle lives right next door to my grandma we would drive it in between their yards and then also a neighbor lady's yard who she graciously let us tear up her yard with this golf cart (laughs) so we would drive it around and like all five of us are like piled on this golf cart and then we went through a phase of like tying a towel onto the back of it and we would drag each other through the yard it was so fun but there were times where we got in trouble for someone to get hurt. You know, we would do something and grandma would take the keys to the golf cart and put them away. And we were like, no, grandma, please. Like, let us drive the golf cart. Let us drive. And she's like, nope, you're not driving it. And then like 20 minutes later, all of us are on the golf cart again because she gave us the key back and let us keep driving. And that is like, I think, that story sums up who you are as a grandma because you try to lay down the law, but you're just like, no, let them have fun. Too soft. <laughs> um, and one of our family traditions is every year we go on a family camping trip. And I want to know, like, how did that start and why are family traditions important? I think it started Grandpa and I went fishing at Rathbun with a group of our friends and we kept going there and we really liked it there so one year we just decided we'll just take our family there Mm -hmm. and that's how that started Mm -hmm. we just really liked the the place good fishing let's see cody had a wave runner Mm -hmm. so that kind of helped we just wanted to do that every year the first year was so much fun we just we wanted to do it from then on Mm -hmm. And it's cool to think now we've been doing it for like, I mean, probably like 15 plus years. And every year it's just like, I think everybody in our family makes that priority to be there because it's, it is so fun. And we have so many memories of like playing hide and seek tag as kids and like <laughs> at Rathbun. sitting around the yeah. fire and just like eating meals together. Like you always make way too much food. <laughs> and we rent pontoons. Mm-hmm. It's just a a family thing, and 
I hope we I hope you continue it. We will forever. <laughs> Ever. Okay, so let's dive into, you know, we've talked about family, talked about marriage a little bit, but I want to dive into work life. And you worked at a factory for many years. And how do you have fun at work? Because I feel like you're known for like just bringing fun to work. And so how do you have fun at work? A few tricks. <laughs> so tell us, tell us one. Well, one, one time I was mean to my sister. My sister was working at the factory at the same time. At this particular time, I had an office job. So I could lock my door before you walk out into the plant. So I don't know what made me do this. <laughs> But it was one of those days that you just wanted to be crazy. So I took a copy of my one of my sister's younger pictures, a very funny younger picture, and I made a copy of it, taped it on my inside door window, locked my door, so when people in the factory walked by, they could see it, and they were... It was hilarious. <laughs> and there was nothing she could do. Nothing. About... Barb couldn't get to it. <laughs> it was funny. It was a fun time. <laughs> Shout out to Barb. Thanks for being a good sport. But we still worked hard. <laughs> <laughs> Add that in there. And so at some point, you got laid off from the factory. I did. And you started a business called Granger Express. And so tell us, what was Granger Express? It was a third-party sorting company, which would sort defects out of uh, uh, production parts, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. But these were parts shipped in from other factories where if, if Method found a defect, they would send them, set them aside, and they would have to be sorted so the people at Method could sort them and charge them outrageous. Or you could bring a third party in. Or the supplier could bring their own people in, which would cost them. Say they brought four people in, you'd have to put them in a hotel. Mm -hmm. You'd have to fly them here. Mm -hmm. You'd have to feed them. That was my job to sort parts so they did not have to travel. Mm -hmm. And take us back to the beginning. Before it got launched, how did you even come up with the idea? Well, I worked in quality probably the last 10 years I was at Method. So I already had suppliers. I already had their their addresses. And I probably knew half of them, you know, personally. Mm -hmm. So um, I knew how it all worked. I just didn't know if Method would even let me back in. Right. Because that was a bad time. They were letting people go. That was the first phase. They let four or five of us go. And then uh, there was two or three more times mm -hmm. they let people go. Mm -hmm. And you were telling me that you uh, like sat down and wrote it all out, right? I did. And so I wrote a, a letter letting them know that what I wanted to start and uh, just sent it out to their address. I mean, like... Like I said, some of them already knew me, right? but I didn't know just what kind of response I would get. Mm -hmm. So I think I was going to send out like 25 letters and your mom said, I don't know, I would maybe cut that down a little bit and just try five or 10. <laughs> it was a good thing. That was good advice. And your so tell us about like the success of, you know, 
did it take off? It did take off. The first uh, week or two, I got a phone call. So that was the beginning. Uh, I did most of the work myself for the first few months. Mm -hmm. And then, then I added a person. It might have been Bobby. I took to Golden with me because I needed some extra help that time. Mm -hmm. And your mom had quit her job mm -hmm. in between there. And she did some sorting for me also, but she soon decided she did not like that. And she was going back to the other work. <laughs> Probably within two years, I had four people working for me. And at the beginning, was that the vision? Like, did you think that you would have people working under you or did you? Really no, think I just thought it would be enough work for me. Mm -hmm. And as far as like, you know, business car, all the things that go into like starting a business and running a business like business cards and you know getting contacts with different factories like things like that did you have all that figured out at the beginning no i just started with a letter um like i said i didn't i didn't know where it would take me mm -hmm. but because uh, you know grandpa was here he just had an amputation mm -hmm. i had grandma granger here right in the bedroom mm -hmm. So I really didn't want to go find other work. Right. And some of the sorting I could do here at the house. Mm -hmm. So I could just take care of everything. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Because I, like last night, we were talking about this. And you were telling me that you sat down and like wrote it all out. Wrote out the idea and everything. And I was just like, that's so cool. Because I think that, I think that that sums up like what it means to be an entrepreneur and like, start your own business is it just starts with like dreaming about it and thinking about what do I have in my hands right now and how can I use it and for what what work? do I know yeah, yeah. that's what I knew mm -hmm. I didn't really know and besides that I had applied at the post office mm -hmm. and went down for a test so that was in the air too yeah. so there for a while I was doing both wow but the post office then I would work maybe two days a month, mm -hmm. which I could still do the sorting. Mm -hmm. So everything worked out. Yeah. And I didn't realize that was the same time that grandpa had had his leg amputated and then grandma was still living here too. Mm -hmm. And so your mother-in-law is living with you and had significant needs. Did you ever feel like, how did you manage, you know, work-life balance? And like, did you ever feel overwhelmed or too busy? No, I didn't. I just... Just, you just do what you have to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was glad to do it for a grandma. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Because that's something I don't think about. I always joke with her that she piddles all the time. <laughs> She's like constantly like doing things around the house or picking things up and moving them around. And I'm like thinking now, I wonder if that's why. <laughs> there was always something to be done. Always something to do. Not dishes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we talked about Granger Express and then... Granger Express eventually um, ended and stopped, right? Because of the, the uh, automotive crash. Yes. Yes. And so, um, because the parts you were sh sorting were car parts and things, right? Right, right. Yeah. And so, um, tell us about the cleaning, the cleaning service. 
You had another business idea. Well, yes, we tried to, actually we took pictures like before, mm -hmm. like a dirty room or a dirty place. And then we took another picture of how we could make it look. And we took that with us. And I don't know if your mom wrote something up this time. I don't know. She went with me. Where you know where? We went to like a business expo in Quincy. I what think. What was that place? Several businesses was there trying to get business. Mm -hmm. So we took it there and really had a bad experience. No <laughs> one called. <laughs> and so what? Like what was the business idea? Like a cleaning crew mm -hmm. because I had these girls working for me and you know they were struggling they really needed work mm -hmm. and now we're not sorting at all so I was trying to find a business that they could do mm -hmm. really not for me but I, I would go to work too right <laughs> sorry girls it didn't work <laughs> out I tried and I bring that up because you know I think that people's highlights or the the successes of people's lives are put more on display or like are talked about more than the hard times and not that that was a hard time but like you know it was a flop like some business ideas are gonna go great and some are gonna flop there and must so... have been several already in quincy <laughs> they just did not want our services <laughs> and were you disappointed when it fell through i was for the girls mostly i really wasn't thinking about me this something i had no control of yeah I, i'm glad you said that because i was thinking about how you're a very resilient person i feel like really high highs in life and really low lows don't rock you the way that it rocks some people and i was thinking about how this is such an example of that like it didn't work out and you're just like you know that's that's what happened you move on you move forward and I think that like that attitude throughout life has made you really resilient. Would you say that it has? I think so. Yeah. And so then before I bring up retirement, what would you tell people who are working right now who are, you know, in the eight to five, like Monday through Friday, um, and they're longing for retirement or looking forward to like the day they don't have to work anymore. What would you tell them? <laughs> So it just depends on the family. Maybe you want to quit your work, your burnout. But usually the people I know, they do something else. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's, they just need that different job, mm -hmm. something different in their life. Mm -hmm. And for you, when you retired, what was that like? Retired from which job? <laughs> in between, let's see, I guess it would have been Granger Express and then the post office right because there was a while where you didn't work and now you work oh. six days a week at the post office well that was a good time because i could help your mother mm -hmm. i we babysit a lot yeah so my mom waited 10 years had two more kids and that was the time that you were retired so you're able to yeah. watch them full time yeah and larry was here at home he enjoyed it so much and it just gave him a purpose mm -hmm. to get up mm-hmm and 10 years down the road, we're seeing the effects of spoiling two little boys. <laughs> They're good boys. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. And so, you know, when you retired, eventually you chose to go back to full-time work six days a week as a rural mail carrier. And so why did you choose to go back to work full-time? Uh, the, all the grandkids are old, older. I don't have to babysit. 
nothing to do. I, I really do not like to travel unless it's a girl trip. <laughs> I'll do those. But um, I just like to work. I like being around the people. Mm -hmm. I like driving out in the country, seeing what's going on. Mm -hmm. The only downfall is flat tire, <laughs> which I've never changed a flat tire in my entire life. So I air it up and drive a hundred miles to town. It's <laughs> so funny. But I really like the post office. Best job ever. What's your attitude like going, going to work every day? Uh, I'm in a good mood. I don't like to be in a bad mood. Mm -hmm. I try not to be. And if you, if you wake up in the morning, you know, do you have days where you're like, I, I just want to sleep in or I don't want to go to work today? Actually, I went full time for three years now. Wow. And it, no, not a day. Of, well, I'm just happy to be alive. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Life. We love it. So outside of work, you have a booming social life <laughs> in which you laugh at, but I'm serious. Like you do fun things. And so what do you do for fun? Ah, uh, we, we bowl. Mm -hmm. We've been bowling. We play cards on Monday night. Uh, we occasionally go to church and eat brunch uh -huh. afterward. I think that's so cute. She goes to church with her friend and then they go out after and get brunch. I'm like, I love that. And sometimes we get together and eat eat together on a Friday night. Some mm -hmm. somebody in the group chooses. Mm -hmm. uh, once in a while, my youngest son and his wife takes me to the casino. We do a, a overnight thing. That's fun. That's one of your favorite hobbies. Yeah, she loves the slot machines. That's not a good hobby to have. <laughs> Especially when your oldest daughter is a banker and oh, really frowns upon yeah, gambling. Yeah, she does not like it. <laughs> Love you, Shelly. <laughs> Do you think, like, what would be your advice to people? Um, like, what's the importance of having that social life and having, like, things to do with other people or things to look forward to? I think it keeps you, at, you have to keep active. Mm -hmm. I don't. And the friends, you've got to have some friends. Mm -hmm. And you become, you became friends with the right people. I'm thinking of one of your friends is a gardener. And <laughs> you, oh, so Evelyn. You, you reap the benefits of that in the summertime. You get all this fresh produce. I do. But last summer she put me to work, man. <laughs> she worked me all day. I couldn't hardly move the next day. And she's my same age. Her husband recently passed away. And so, we, yeah, we garden together. We do that, too. I love that. Um, you love people so well and have impacted more people than you'll ever know. And I was telling you this last night. And um, you have an authenticity, I think, that makes people feel very cared for and loved. And it's not like a fake love for people. It's, like, very genuine. And you just come as you are and treat people um, well. And so... What makes you that way? I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> what would you say would make a person that way? I mean, looking back on your life, what do you think made you care for people that way? I guess I've just had good experiences with people. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there's always the bad ones. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. Can't answer that question. How have you not... Um, you know, you said there's always the bad ones, like bad interactions with people or, um, you know, how have you not let that make you bitter or 
uh, treat people in a different way? Like, how have you like stayed positive? Sometimes it can get to you. I just come out right out and tell them you're a bully. Just stop it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't keep it to myself anymore. <laughs> you're becoming much more um, blunt in your old age. <laughs> just tell it like it is. Yeah. And anytime she does that, we're like, uh oh, Larry's coming out of her. <laughs> yeah, because I don't like to be mean. Mm-hmm. I hate seeing people be mean to the not so lucky, the underdog. Yeah. I don't like that. That's interesting. And why? Why do you think? You feel that way? Probably because we, me and my sisters, we grew up with probably not very much. Yeah. Not really knowing, you know, the difference. Yeah. But I think it just made us stronger. Yeah. It really did. That's cool that you said that because I feel like, you know, that probably is in the back of your mind. Like there are some things people can't control and you want to treat them with respect and treat them with kindness, like regardless of the cards they've been dealt in life. Yeah, because yeah. some of them just, it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. That That's interesting, though, that you said that. Because I do feel like, I didn't know why, like, why you're that way towards people. Like, you really do look out for people and care for people who are, I would say, like, underdogs. Or, you know, sometimes need a second chance. And I feel like you really look out for people um, like that. And it's cool to hear you kind of look back and say, like, well... You know, me and my sisters weren't the luckiest. Like, you know, we grew up differently than people around us. And, like, you carry that with you and, and let it impact, like, the people around you in a good way. Like, you're treating people differently because of that experience. Yeah. That's cool. I see that in your life. What is your biggest piece of life advice? So this is just general. Um, Since the podcast is called Life, I would love to hear your life advice for anybody listening. Pick the right mate. Mm. Make sure they kiss well, <laughs> work hard, enjoy doing things with your friends and family, mm-hmm. and take a, lot of pictures. take a lot of pictures. Your mother takes so many pictures. I take none. I know. That's why I was like, that's interesting. You <laughs> yeah. give that advice because you do not take pictures. I really like to see them. I love to look through the pictures, but I do not carry a camera. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great advice. That sums up just our conversation, like everything we've been talking about. And so just as we wrap up, I want to encourage listeners like last, (laughs) she's cheering in the background because she's done. Um, This was awesome. And last night we were sitting um, around the table at my house and she, we were kind of brainstorming like topics we wanted to talk about and questions I wanted to ask her and um, just like I was asking her questions and all these stories started like pouring out of her of times in the factory that she played tricks on people and babysitting my brothers with grandpa and, you know, going on family vacations. And it was like the coolest thing to sit around the table and she's like sharing all these and like all these stories and like my brothers are eating supper, listening. And my mom's like cooking for my brothers, like listening. And I was just like, this is like what it's supposed to be like, you know, like we're supposed to sit around, like listen to the stories of our family and of our background. And so I would just encourage listeners, like, man, if you, if your grandparents are still around, like sit and ask them questions because you would be just amazed at the lives they've lived and the wisdom they can share from all their experiences. And if your grandparents aren't around, 
think of like people in your family, you know, that carry that family history and carry those stories with them and ask them questions, like have those conversations because seriously, like the fruit of it is so rich and um, it's so life-giving. No pun intended, but this is live (laughs) podcast. No pun intended, but like it seriously is so life-giving. And so I'm just going to end the podcast there. Go ask your family these questions because it is so fun to hear their answers. Okay, so thanks again for listening to episode three. Um, My grandma is the best, and I hope that when you listen to it, you can hear just how great she truly is. Um, Keep a lookout for episode number four. It'll be coming soon. And thanks again for listening to The Life Podcast. This is your host, Brianna Gratz, and I will see you next time.